Hitler, Hitler asks who, who won the match, and they were like, sir, it's a draw. And, <laughs> and Hitler's like, okay, call, call all of the players. And he calls all of the players, and he shoots each and every single one of them. The only reason I bring this up, A, it's, it's not true. But B, it just, it's just, it's, I think it's very symbolic of just how crazy cricket sounds yeah. to someone outside, you know, the traditionalist lens that we are, yeah. you know, privileged enough of being yeah, no, sport I've with. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Direct Hit, a podcast where we discuss all things cricket, celebrate our love for the game, play some trivia and have a load of fun. Today, we're going to be discussing the relevance of the three formats of cricket, ODI, Test and T20, with a special emphasis on whether Test cricket is dying a slow death at the hands of T20s, whether the popularity of T20s is a luminous sign for cricket, and where the ODIs play into this. To get to the bottom of this, we have with us today, like always, Sid Panab, Akash Bazer, and from the last couple of episodes, Charlie as well. How are you guys doing today? So Uzar has taken Uzar has taken Uzar has taken his um like set outdoors. The, so yeah, the, I you guys wanna see where uh we could play box cricket next year if all if, it, yes. if, if things if things improve. Absolutely. Most definitely. Oh wow. Okay. Well, this that's is better really than that's, good space. that's so yeah. spacious. This is better that's than so I spacious. Have. That's extremely it's, spacious. It's uh, yeah. Maybe it's we when we play we don't have fours but there's enough space here to actually mm. have boundaries so it's mm. pretty cool pretty cool so I think box cricket is a very fitting way to start like the discussion <laughs> today because we're we're discussing the different <laughs> formats of cricket so box cricket is definitely not something which is played on an international level yet it's only played at Tufts level but uh, to get the ball rolling what do you guys think about the three formats which of the three formats is your favorite let's just put that across as the question to get started. Um, <laughs> yeah, personally, you know, there's obviously been a lot of debate about which formats are the most valuable to the game and which ones are the ones that will carry the game forward. Answer the question. Relevant. But for me, for me, the one day format is undoubtedly the best because it just brings the best elements together. Like you have, you still have people with great technique who are able to demonstrate that and play themselves in, but then you still have people who can hit powerfully at the end of the game. You have the elements of all the other, well, the two other formats um, coming together. And I think like the idea that like people would want to get rid of the format is honestly kind of like, I don't know, it goes against the favorite parts of the game for me. Um, and I just love sitting there for eight, nine hours a whole day, just watching it play out. So yeah, ODI for me. Okay. For me, I have to watch like four hours of cricket and then, oh, okay. Oh no, it's okay. Continue. Okay. I was yeah. just going. I was so for going me, uh, <laughs> for me, I have to watch four hours of cricket and then four hours of tennis as well. So I have always enjoyed like, uh, ODI is actually the most because, uh, Tests were too long for me. I couldn't sit five days and watch an entire match. And T20s ended too early. Uh, I think ODIs were sort of perfect, where you had enough, where batsmen had enough time to like play, 10, take 10-15 overs and settle down properly. Then 
use the next few overs to build some runs and then start hitting in the end. And uh, you you could give enough opportunities to bowlers where you had enough uh, like fast bowlers, you had enough spinners, each of them getting enough time to settle in. And um, um, yeah, I think overall, uh, I always enjoyed ODIs more because uh, T20s, I felt, ended too early. And uh, <clears throat> I felt you, like, technique played a stronger role in ODIs than it did in T20s. So that's why I enjoyed ODIs more than the other formats. Was there? Um, I'm I'm like a traditionalist in the sense that I like test the most. I don't get a chance to like sit down and watch all five days as I used to be able to. Um, but the 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 day five of a test matches, and, and if it gets to a day five, there's just nothing nothing cricket can do to. Uh, to yeah, it's it's just an amazing it's an amazing it's feeling. So I, for me, it's 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 Test match cricket, um, followed by ODI and then followed by T20. Also, oh, just the progression of the game itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. I like Test matches as well, and I agree with Uzair when he says that the fifth day of a Test match is like the most magnificent thing ever because these days we don't really get fifth days. So if a match does spill over onto the fifth day, it's like a miracle. In fact, like so many teams, we discussed it on the podcast a few weeks ago, but like so many, like so many teams have now started hosting like four-day matches against some of the smaller teams, like against Zimbabwe and Ireland and Afghanistan, which just beats the point of test cricket, in my opinion. Of course, like some of the smaller teams cannot compete for five days, but even like some of the Ashes matches did not go into the fifth day, which was just ridiculous. And like I don't know, like I feel like people have lost their temperament, um, like for test cricket. A lot of players have lost their temperament for test, test cricket. But I still like Test Cricket the most. I love watching spells. I love watching like James Anderson, Stuart Broad with the new ball. I love watching like Ashwin and Jadeja alternating. I love watching like all of those like 10, 12 over spells between matches. Even though like they might be longer than the rest of like they might like a 10 to 12 over spell in Test matches might be longer than like an entire innings in T20s. But it's just so much more fulfilling and soothing to watch because you get to watch a batsman get set up and then you get to watch how the batsman reacts. It's just like cricket at its best according to me but what about you guys Sid and Charlie? That's exactly what I was going to say test cricket just can't beat it just bowlers tying up an end just wearing a batsman down you just see the mental strategy the just the planning everything that goes into test cricket is just much more I feel than T20 and ODI cricket and like Uzo was saying it's just the traditional form you know when we play cricket well at Tufts we play with a white ball but when I play cricket back here it's all red ball it's all getting the ball to swing, you know, crazy fields with six or seven slips in, just, you know, six wearing the bowlers slips. down. Six or seven slips. <laughs> the club cricket I play, the level's not the highest, so you can get away with having a, a heavy slip cordon. There's no, there's, no, there's no field set apart from slips in the wicketkeeper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's those early May pitches where it's green and sticky, balls moving all over the place, batsmen just have no chance. Just, it's the best. I think yeah, one more thing uh, about test cricket, which is so amazing, is just like the slip catching. Like just catches in the circle, like in the 30-yard yeah. circle. They're very rare to see in like ODIs and T20s these days. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think for me, I'm, I'm agreement with the, the, the test cricket sentiment. I think growing up in, in Bangor, especially at the start of IPL and stuff, I was all about T20s and 
because I mean that was what was in right and that's what you watch that's what everybody watched that's what everybody talked about and not a lot of test cricket being played and test cricket was seen as archaic back then you know but then when I came here and started getting back into cricket I think um, there's nothing better than than watching test cricket and beyond watching I think I, I feel like I can watch and enjoy all three formats pretty equally but what I like about test cricket is what Charlie said the strategy part of it right like you everybody's in a test team for a specific reason right in in other teams you have like i think groups of players right these are our top order batsmen these are our, you know but in in test cricket i think every single position is defined you build a lineup you build statistics you build everything around 11 players you know can do each of those 11 things well right and i think that's the to me the more more impressive part more interesting part about how much thought there goes into every ball and um, there's there's just a lot more at play and like yeah I, I love watching the ball swing and watching the day five battles and rivalries that come up and even when you hear the, the players talk right they they always say things like the pinnacle for me is test cricket I want to play in the longest format for my country because that's seen as the most pre- prestigious form of the game being able to score a test century a test double century being able to take five for a test innings or even a 10 um, is those are what you know are the kind of the the you know, your, your tokens, your, your trophies that really mark you as a very skilled cricketer for a lot of people. So that's what I like to see. It's true. I think it makes a lot of sense why someone, it makes a lot of sense why someone from Bangalore likes test cricket more than the IPL. (laughs) (laughs) We've spoken a lot about how I can still appreciate the IPL despite RCB. Sorry, Panna, what were you saying? Yeah. uh, What I enjoyed most about test cricket was, um, that this was the only format where the pitch played actually a very big role yeah. in determining what was happening. Like usually the first session would belong to the bowlers. Then the next two days, the batsmen would play well. In the last couple of days, the pitch would start cracking up and the spinners would play a greater role. So that was one part which I enjoyed a lot about tests. Absolutely. I, I love watching tests and also like I agree with what Sid said earlier about how like players who are even viewed like traditionally as like T20 or ODI specialists, they like they all aspire to play test cricket. I remember watching a, an interview that like Yuzvendra Chahal gave and he said that even he aspires to play red ball cricket one day. Kuldeep Yadav feels that even he like he he deserves like more chances in test cricket. Yuvraj Singh like these days has been raving about how cricketers should aspire to play test cricket even though he has not had the most successful of test careers, especially like especially like in the last four or five years of his career. So I, I just feel like test cricket is something which everyone aspires to. I think it's something which everyone begins their career with, like not test, but at least first class cricket is what's some, like something which everyone begins their career with. So it's just very difficult to break out of the habit or just break out of like uh, just break out of the entire zone that test cricket puts you into or first class cricket puts you into. That's what I was going to say. Growing up, I'm not sure about you guys, but me, all I played was wearing whites, red ball. You know, you'd go out. Obviously, you wouldn't play a full day's cricket, but you'd play with a red ball, and, you know, 150 off 40 overs would be a good score. And everyone was like, that's good cricket, you know. None of this T20 hit sixes every ball stuff. It's all nonsense. This is the guy who hit 148 and 76 balls while hung yeah. but, but you know, that's the thing. That's the thing, right? That's the thing, right? If you can hit 150 runs, like if you if you as a team player can make the team reach 150 runs and 40 overs in a first class game, 148 of 76 balls in like a T20 should be nothing for someone. Yeah. Like, everyone said that if you can open in Test cricket, then you can bat anywhere in ODIs. If you can, like, if you can, like, yeah. uh, like 
hold yourself in like in test cricket then you like ODIs and T20s can't challenge you much and you see that across most like formats you see that across most countries the best players like the their best ODI player like their best test players are inevitably bound to be like decent ODI players if not great ODI players yeah I think that's although I mean that's not always the case right I feel like there's definitely players who are just made for white red ball cricket and cannot oh, yeah, yeah. make it and oh, I'm absolutely. thinking of Three specific Indians, very, very yeah. um, specifically. No, but... I mean, I, I know you're thinking about Pujara, but like, I yeah. feel like Rahane has had like a decent amount of success even in ODIs. That is true. Like he can, yeah. he can play. Like he's also been like quite prolific in the IPL, like between 2010, yeah. 20, and 2014. So like he has had like a good run, like in all the formats of the game. So like even and even like Pujara, I'm pretty sure like if he gets the chance to like in list A cricket, he must be having good numbers. I'm pretty sure. It's just yeah. that. He might not be like um, he, he just not might not be like fit enough to play for like not fit like physically but just like in terms of strategy he might not be fit enough to fit into the like ODI yeah. scheme of things for India but yeah. like definitely like I feel like even um, I, I, like one of the one of the things that comes to my mind is like Sri Lanka Sri Lanka like for the longest time their best bowlers in Test cricket would translate to like being brilliant bowlers in ODIs as well their best batsmen in like Test cricket would end up being like excellent players in ODIs as well and like I think Sri Lanka did not really have too many differences between like their sides and even today they don't because today they don't even have the resources but like even like today like historically they have not had too many differences across formats which just shows that they are players who are very quick to adapt if you look at the argument that this and you look at like Ranatunga, you look at Chaminda Vas, you look at Jai Surya. Jai Surya would just be Jai Surya, like Seva would just be Seva across all formats. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. yeah, that is a good point. You know, once uh, I read in an interview that like someone asked Seva that uh, don't you feel any different when you're playing tests versus when you're playing ODIs versus when you're playing T20s? And he said that when I get the ball, I just like he said it in Hindi, he said that I have to the ball to boundary. Ke pas hai. So, Charlie uh, he's never cared about. Yeah, I got that. Don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just said, like, my job is to get the ball across, like, across the boundary, and it doesn't really matter what yeah. format I'm playing. So, like, people like Sehwag, they played with such a mentality that I think he made Test cricket so much fun for me. Like, when Sehwag was batting, I didn't really care whether he's playing T20s or ODIs or Tests. I just knew that it doesn't really matter. He's just going to attack the bowler. Sehwag hit 295 runs on the first day of a test match in Vankhede Stadium once. And that was, like, amazing. That was amazing. And he's also only one of two Indian triple centurions, right? So that yeah, says something. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. And so, the only legit triple centurion, I would say. Yeah, exactly. The second time. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, like, group, like, what you guys have said about cricket players. If we can just focus on cricket players for a second. Aspiring to be test cricketers. I feel like that's just become like the politically correct thing to say now, um, like for cricket players themselves. Like once you reach a certain stature um, and, and you are playing in T20 leagues around the world and you are playing in, uh, you know, big money franchises, the, the you know, the, the drive to play like a three match test series you know, in Sri Lanka when no one is watching or a three-match test series. It's it's just taxing on a player. And, like, specifically, like, I'm thinking of, like, Amir and Wahab, who, like, a, like last year retired. Amir was 27, and he's retired from test cricket, um, which, in my opinion, is disgraceful. But I also understand, like, his workload and the fact that, you know, with the leagues, with T20, with the ODIs, I think him and Rabada have bowled the most amount of balls um, since 
when when did Omni return? Was it 2014? 20, since then. And so, and, and so, I I I sense that even within players, um, you have a lot more. And what's the word? Like whistleblowers? I don't know. Like you have a lot more players who just don't don't find Test cricket as attractive anymore. Um, and especially like if we take it to you know from players and just to to, to aspiring cricket players, um, with just with, with tweet. T20 becoming the primary mode of watching the game around the world. How many, you know, aspiring batsmen, you know, crack, like, think that there's, there, there's something to gain from, like, practicing the forward foot, you know, just um, the forward foot defense shot or, or, like, or a wrist position for, for red ball cricket. I just sense that these, yeah. like, like, the more traditional way that players have historically at least thought of their own career development has changed and will continue to change. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I wanted to know what you guys like thought of that and, and whether we are lying to ourselves that test cricket is still kind of the pinnacle of a, of, of a player's career anymore. Yeah, I think, I, I'll, I, because I said it, I'll, I'll say something on that. I agree with you. I think I definitely try to generalize it. And I don't, I do think that it is the case for players who have that chance, right? I think that there's a lot of players now who know that there's never a shot of playing that kind of cricket, right? But I think people who are consistently there in the ODI teams, consistently there in, um, you know, in, in maybe reserve squads of test teams. And for them, it's getting that, like, take a look at Adam Zampa is the example I keep thinking of, right? Someone who's been constantly in Nathan Lyon's shadow, um, who, who's, you know, keeps quoting that he wants to play test cricket, he wants to play red ball cricket. And I think this goes for a lot of players who kind of start at that grassroots list day, first class, whatever level, and start with red ball cricket, right? So I definitely think that there's, there's a good chunk of players for whom have that opportunity. But then again, I think, as you said, there's a lot of players once they get the taste of the money and the, um, I guess the, the fast pace and, and the, the career opportunities that are there with T20 cricket, with the number of leagues that are there around the world, a second, third tier New Zealand or West Indies or whatever country player will get consistent chances in these other leagues and thus kind of, you know, consign his, his career to that. Um, so I think that it's definitely a little bit more gray area than, than it is. I definitely don't think it's, it's you know, um, it's irrelevant by any means. I think still for a lot of people who kind of see test cricket as being a possible opportunity for them, that is the, the end goal, right? But I think that, may not, that opportunity may not be there for everyone. Yeah, I think it also yeah. ties to the fact that, um, like, it also ties to the fact that I think personally, players these days value limelight more than they value the craft. So if you had to look at someone like uh, Rishabh Pant, for instance, like he has had like a decent record in tests, but how would he feel? Like, how how do you think he would feel like if he was made a regular in the test, like in the in the test side, and he was not given chances in ODIs and T20s at all? Mm. When like he has broken into limelight through like oh like through his performances in the IPL, right? So so many players who got their start in these leagues, so many players like for instance even Jofra was discovered playing like Big Bash and all of those leagues around the world. When he came to the IPL, he performed extremely well even in the IPL. And then ultimately when he like, like played like red ball cricket, everyone thought, thought that he's an exceptional bowler. But like at what cost? Because honestly, like, I'm pretty sure that if he got the chance to say it, as Uzair said, like on the, on the mic, he would definitely say that test cricket is the pinnacle. That's his dream. Like, and yeah. he used to say it even when he was not like, even, even when he hadn't naturalized when into he was younger, the England yeah. side. That like, I want to play test cricket for England one day. But I'm pretty sure that he enjoys the limelight 
like in like i mean i'm pretty sure most players enjoy the limelight in t20s much more than they enjoy like the craft of test cricket i think it really just varies from cricketer to cricketer and like sid was saying if you get to that top level of test cricket for all those test cricketers they will stay most likely that test cricket is the ultimate form i'm thinking of ben stokes for example he could easily hop from t20 league to t20 league but he consistently says that test cricket is by far the best form of the game and that's his favorite form and if he could just play test cricket he would so i think it really just depends on what type of person you are what type of cricketer you are but for most of the elite cricketers test cricket is the final goal oh yeah, oh, yeah. i think yeah, i feel the... it's a matter of <clears throat> i was oh, just going to say that like with this i think one of the concerns today is that for young players who are trying to rise up there might not be the sort of incentive and drive to want to rise up through first class cricket as there probably has been for most of um history in cricket um because you know with the rise of t20 leagues it's so much easier for a player to just rise through t20 leagues no matter what their ultimate goal is whether their goal is to play more test cricket um or even one day cricket whatever the deal is um it just ends up being a lot more easy to get the exposure in the big t20 leagues um because there just isn't enough of it for first class cricket at least um as an indian cricket fan i can say that i've never widely seen the ranji trophy being you know really advertised or anything like i feel like there really could be a little bit more um emphasis on it as a fan somehow um and in that case it would make it easier for more technically minded and gifted players to make it through directly to test cricket yeah i agree with you guys and i feel that it's not really a matter of passion i think it's more about the incentive of playing test yeah. cricket because if you think about it uh even england for example they they're starting with something called the 100 which is going to launch next year i think which is a 100 over yeah. format yeah so it was supposed to be launched this year uh, so you have all these countries trying to and investing so much in the shorter formats of the game and not doing the same like although you have the world test championship which just started on 2018 uh, 2019 uh, but like that is the only thing which i've seen which has given an incentive to teams to strive more towards tests but you have so many different opportunities in the limited overs format that for a person to be for a player to be sustainable in the world of cricket that player like it doesn't really ma- it, it's more important for the player to be good in the shorter formats than it is for the player in the like in in test cricket although it might require more character it might require more skill it might require more patience but those are very personal virtues and personal things which cricketers want to enhance but the shorter formats don't require as much as that but the shorter formats give them more limelight they give them more money it gives them more opportunities which is what the players crave more than the personal satisfaction of you know being a great cricketer if that makes sense yeah what akash and parav said actually like um brings me to like a thought to amusing some like something that just arose when the two of them were speaking do you guys think there's a correlation between the public perception of these formats and what like players make of them because like we know that these days t20s have become 
like the most popular like the, the T20 format has become so popular the leagues have become so popular so you obviously have more innovation and more in- inventiveness going into it as Pranav said there are more boards investing into these kind of formats and the innovativeness of those formats and they're obviously bringing in viewers and most of the like most of the cricketers who are breaking into or hopping onto the scene today are like hopping onto the T20 and ODI scene and test cricket is just diminishing in popularity I know like the Ashes gets like a lot of viewers every single year but like if you look at the average viewership in Indian matches like test matches that India hosts I don't think like the live viewership that you might see like in a test match that India hosts in a, in a stadium even across the year would match the amount that like the Ashes would get in just like five over the course of five days of one test yeah. So do you guys think there's a correlation between the public perception and also the perception that players hold of these formats? It might be a long shot, but it was just something that arose in my mind. I definitely think so, but I think it varies country to country. Because like you were saying, in England, there is great test viewership across the year for every series. Even if when England and Sri Lanka, well, they didn't play any tests, but a couple of years ago, I remember watching it on TV and... All my friends who play cricket also watch as much test cricket as they can. So I really think it depends on the country, not just the public. Because the wider scene for cricket is definitely T20. Yeah, personally, though, I don't think it's diminishing to the point where it's tangible, you know, if that makes sense. Like, maybe that, that you can definitely tell that T20 ODI, I don't know about ODI, actually. T20 is the much more popular format, especially in a country like India. But that said, I do think that Sidia Hung. Sidia Hung. Frozen. Okay. While he's stuck, I have a question. There's still for test cricket. Even if there's uh, less of okay. you, test cricket as prestigious. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What just You're going to have to cut this out. I, I love the face yeah. at which like, Red's thing is coming. Yeah, the face which is frozen. I'm going to leave and come back. Yeah, okay. Please, please do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> in the meantime, what was Akash saying? Yeah, so I was just considering this idea that I just had that, you know, maybe like Charlie, in England, is it like still pretty common for people to go out and frequently watch county cricket? Like, is it still like valued as much as, you know? Yeah, county cricket, not really. Really? <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I follow it, but that's because I'm an avid cricket fan. But yeah. I only can follow it through the ECB website. I can't go on TV and watch county cricket. They don't broadcast okay. it anywhere. Yeah. I was just looking to see, you know, why is it that, like, England... I mean, obviously, the Ashes being what it is, yeah. is a big reason for the love of Test cricket. But... What other reasons could there be that test cricket is more valued in England than in other places? I was just curious about that. I think it's probably historically England haven't been very good at ODIs and T20s compared to their test team. Obviously, recently that's changed, but up until this year, England were pretty miserable on the world scene competing in finals and things. I mean, obviously, 2016, we lost to the West Indies, but before then, I suppose that was 2010. But I don't even remember the 2010 World Cup. I just I remember the Ashes from 2010-11, but I don't remember the World Cup at all. So no, I, 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 yeah, yeah. No, I I think that there's a lot of um, there is something to be said about test culture is just differing across different 
countries that play them. Like, I remember when Australia was uh, playing a test series against Pakistan in the UAE. Jared Kimber, who is, like, um, uh, an Australian writer at, at Quick Info, he was doing, like, a podcast or he was doing an interview with um, with Usman Samyuddin, I think, who was the Pakistani correspondent for Quick Info. And I remember his comment where he was just like, you know, no one in Australia watches cricket outside the Australian summer, which is in December, and which are usually, you know, matches that happen in Australia, partially because of a lack of interest and also time zones, right? Like, even if, when Pakistan play a test series, um, I have to wake up at 3 a.m. if we're playing in Australia or New Zealand. But the England series is, like, amazing because it starts in the afternoon. It's the same with the South Africa series. No one watches the South Africa series because we start losing and people <laughs> just don't watch. But, um, you know, and, and, I, and I suspect there could be something to be said about that for the West Indies as well, which are, like, on the other side of the world. Um, so there's, like, one... There's, there's that logistical problem with it. And also the fact that it's, like five freaking days long like I, like it's just like we talk about test cricket as if everyone buys into the idea of spending five days of your life invested in yeah. a sport it's, it's like not normal like cricket fans are not normal like I, this is a story I, it's too it's, it's like a too good to be true story um uh the, the kind of journalism that you don't check because if it turns out to be fake it'll like destroy you but apparently um England and was it in Germany were playing a test series in like the 1940s or 30s and um, Hitler watched all five days of the test match and so he watched all five days obviously (laughs) didn't know the rules didn't you know it was just so uh, five days later um they, 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 they ask him, like, oh, like, Hitler, Hitler asks who, who won the match. And they were like, sir, it's a draw. And, <laughs> and Hitler's like, okay, call, call all of the players. And he calls all of the players and he shoots each and every single oh, one of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, so, that's an unexpected twist of the story. Wow. So, the, only, the, only reason, the only reason I bring this up, A, it's, it's not true. But B, it just, it's just, it's, I think it's very symbolic of just how crazy cricket sounds yeah. to someone outside, you know, the traditionalist lens that we are, yeah. you know, privileged enough of being yeah, no, I've had with. so many people come to me and say, how can after five days yeah. there be no result or is it just like, well, and I think it's, honestly, it's just cricket, that's, that's how it works. Right. And that's yeah. one of the biggest reasons I've seen people just turn themselves away from the sport, yeah. right? Especially in this country where whatever little impression they have about cricket, either they think it's croquet or they think that, you know, it's just super long and there's no other way to go about it, which is why obviously there's the huge benefit of T20 in shorter formats and things like that. But um, I think you're right. I think it's important to recognize that it's really just avid cricket fans who really. Yeah. Really and it's, it. it's, it's, there's like yeah. so many logistical problems with liking test cricket. Like it just doesn't, it just it's so hard to like test cricket anymore. And so to your point, Samyon, like, public viewership and public support for it just i just can't see test crickets at least public sentiments improving in in the years to come um because cricket is a fading game in most parts of the world um and you couple that with just in inaccessibility 
with so many logistical problems that we've talked about, it's just yeah. like public sentiment isn't that that's going to be the biggest, I think, roadblock. And you couple that with, you know, the ICC's, um, you know, finances and you just have a, a recipe for disaster. So I, 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 I'm not too hopeful, but I'm very, I'm, and I'm very sad about it because like a test series, like the, the test series that's coming up between England and Pakistan, I, like I can't, like no, the Premier League is back, other sporting yeah. events are back, but just like this Doesn't test matter. series is all I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And I can't explain that to someone. Like I can't explain that in a way that someone who doesn't understand cricket is like, yeah. I struggle with it. Going back to what, um, you know, what we said right after Ruzair's story about, you know, how people who don't know the game think about it. I just feel like I wish it was more common around the world for people to be raised in a way that whatever sport they follow and, and love that I, personally, I'm someone who romanticizes and idealizes all the sports that I like most dearly enjoy. Um, that being cricket, soccer, football, and tennis. You know, I, I think of soccer as the beautiful game. I think of cricket in terms of technique and beautiful grounds and amazing bowling and batting. I think of tennis in terms of Roger Federer. You know, like, this is how I think of my sports. It's like art. And it's romanticize it a lot. I do, I do. It's beautiful. But that just doesn't happen in other places. Um, Yeah, I do romanticize my favorite sports a lot, especially cricket. But if if that was there, there would be more of an appreciation for something like a draw, which is an appreciation of five days of insanely hard work, beautiful cricket, and it comes out with both teams being respected, right? That's what a draw is. So, like, it, it's really unique to cricket, and it's hard to make someone else understand it if they're not raised seeing sport as more than, like, sport isn't just something where you just, like, go, go to a bar, drink beer, and laugh when your team wins. Like, like it's, sport is, like, beautiful. So, like, if you have, like, a different way of thinking about it, you can appreciate the weird little things that, cricket has compared to other sports oh yeah like i have a two-part response the first is i get like i definitely agree with the point about like draws i feel like um people don't appreciate draws as much as they should and i feel like what akash like said about it if people are not it's not something that you can like imbibe in people it's not something that you can inculcate it's something which people just like grow to love but there's like there are like two types of draws one type of draw is frustrating when both the teams just bat as much as they want to to try yeah. out try outscoring the other and then just that, that that just becomes frustrating and agitating after a point but then there are some other very hard fought draws like the ones like i've seen one between india and south africa in which ab de villiers and faf duplessis like they like batted the fifth day like all through the fifth day to try and draw a match and like ab de villiers hit 30 runs in 250 balls and like it was like and uh, i think duplessis hit around 27 28 runs in like around 150, 160 balls and those are just like beautiful games because you just want to watch like you just want to watch how the team approaches the fifth day when they only have four or five wickets left. How are they going to like play like an entire 90 overs and that's just those are the kind of draws which I just love watching and yeah. like that was and that brings me to my second point and that is that so many like test cricket purists such as like Michael Holding who I saw um, in a chat show with Gaurav Kapoor on Breakfast with Champions he made an exceptional point and he said that a lot of traditionalists, they um, the reason they love test cricket and the reason why they watch test cricket so intensely is because they allude test cricket to life. 
they feel like you have five days you can start on top of the world one day but by the end of the day you might just be down and out but then you get another chance you get like five days to just keep trying to like you get five days at a shot of redemption and then you just try and even if at the end of five days you don't feel like you have accomplished as much you get another match and like if you think that if like, it's just like it's just amazing and on the other side a lot of people these days feel that t20is also represent life because you see like it's also instinctive it's also instantaneous it's also impulsive so spontaneous which is what life has become these days so like you can represent anything in the form of life but then like that is where something which akash said on whatsapp a few days ago comes up he says like he also he brought to question the legitimacy of odis these days because you see test cricket and t20s as two extremes of like cricket you see t20s as something which is spontaneous gets over very quickly you see tests as something which is either frustrating or something which is extremely beautiful but then like odis are just sandwiched between the two so although odis are so fun to watch it's not like test cricket when you can be like okay five days i'm out i'm not going to watch it's not even like t20s when you can commit for, to it for two or three hours it's just somewhere in the middle cuz it's 9 hours which is one full day so it's very difficult for one to sit glued to their seat to watch like 100 overs of play because test matches end in 90 overs and it's but but you have to watch like 50 or like uh, 90 overs a day but you have to watch like 50 overs of uh, like innings one and 50 overs of innings too when you're watching odis so that is that can also get frustrating sometimes cuz odis are like far more like far more one sided these days than t20s and test matches are in my opinion yeah Yeah so on just on the point like the Michael holding point I think I enjoy that a lot uh just because um like in a test match you can you can you you can lose a test match in a session but you can't win one and there's you know 15 sessions in a test match and so just the the, the amount of like patience you need is something which you just can't see in, in any other um in any other format and and with odis specifically you know there is still in in gray areas in in odis like the middle overs where strategy and tactics make or break matches like i remember say dachmal was giving um like an interview in urdu and it was it was a very frank interview and he was like i was bowling to uh i think it was shane watson he's like i was bowling to shane watson in in an odi in dubai and i had planned how to get him out over 3 overs and i got him out in my first ball and i didn't celebrate because it wasn't as fun like like so you still so you still have you know like spaces where you can construct spells and you can you know tactically maneuver match settings within odis which is something you just can't find in t20s i yeah. i i can't i can't really it, t20s is so over by over that that the ability to you know see the forest and not the tree which is something you have the ability to do in odis and have to do in tests is is something that 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 fans who really value skill and discipline um will lose out on which is probably which is probably why ab de villiers i think is is so widely respected is because he can score 100 ball in over three you know yeah. yeah he can he can score 130 balls or he can score 30 in 100 balls and it will be yeah. as great yeah Yeah. And and so yeah, I think I think Michael holding like it's like that that was a good that was a good point. I never compared it to 
the life out like life outlooks but there's a lot of there's a lot I think of that's what purists do right that's what purists <laughs> do the reason why like if, if they're dedicating 5 days of their life if they're dedicating 30 days of their life to watching a test series like what else do they have to think about anyway yeah like for a lot of these players for a lot of no, no, like on a serious note though for a lot of these players their entire life was because I was watching Sachin Tendulkar's retirement like uh, speech the one that he gave like right after uh, the India West Indies like um, test match got over like uh, in his final in his farewell test match he gave a 10 minute long speech and he spoke about how he has dedicated his entire life to the sport like since he was a little kid he has just been playing cricket so a lot of people who like a lot of people from the 70s the 80s the 90s the only thing that they knew is cricket so even after their career gets over cricket is what their life becomes about and so for them to like have high expectations of test matches i think is a fair expectation for them to have because their career like flourished or blossomed like because of test cricket and these days test cricket is just not standing the test of time which is just like ironic and at the same time quite disappointing hmm. i think odis are like the perfect uh, middle ground between t20s and uh, tests not only for the players but also for the viewers right so people who just enjoy the shorter formats of the game versus the people who actually care about what like what's happening in each ball and want and have the patience to watch five days i think odi combines both of them and like you can have those short spells as well you can have a short span of 5 6 overs which destroys a game but you again like you can't have five or six very good overs which make you win a game somewhere in between the game so uh, it serves as a perfect middle ground for not only fans who are passionate about the game and who enjoy the sport and who are not just there for the entertainment and also care about uh, like what exactly is happening and have the patience to try and evaluate uh, what tactics are the captain trying to use even for the players like players who uh, really love uh, test cricket and who really enjoy that patience they can implement that in odis and but they can't do that in t20s and because uh, what cricketing boards do are a reflection of what the public opinion is right it's not the other way around uh, so when you see cricketing boards investing more and more into the shorter formats of the game investing more into Uh, not specifically t20s but also like in general away from test matches it serves well for the players as well uh, odis are the perfect ground for those players as well who love t- who love tests who enjoy playing in shorter formats uh, but can implement both of them in a single format and also gain that recognition which they want that is true that is true i mean adding on to that one thing i'd say is that you know i definitely agree with the whole idea of it being a middle ground and combining elements from the other two formats but i do as a fan miss some elements of the one day format that made it more of a middle ground in that today you know with with huge scores and a more drawing on elements from the t20 format um i'd i'd say that i miss the way one day cricket was when i was younger um just taking an example in terms of looking at any team um look at the number 3 spot right the most arguably in every format the most key position um and if you look at some of the players who play in that slot now the top players are all hitting um you know pro- really proper strike rates well beyond 100 often um someone on the slower end might be maybe Joe Root who's still hitting at about 100 strike rate i think um so all the top players in that position now are have a, more of a t20 mindset relatively to the one day format 
Whereas if you go back, say like 10 years or so, um, look around the time of the 2011 World Cup, which is, you know, when I remember cricket the best, um, and take just an ordinary, very solid player like Jonathan Trott, just an example. Um, you know, he was, yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's a great player, right? Just solid. Love Jonathan Trott. <laughs> solid, reliable. Um, but his strike rate was, I think, around 75, 76, right? He's just good technique, solid batsman. He'll set the game up nicely. You don't really see that anymore with those positions today. Um, in the same way, it, it, there's more of an emphasis on people who can hit from the onset, even in the one-day game. And I wish, you know, I wish there was more of an emphasis on on guys who could set up a game with technique um, rather than these huge score lines, which involve the entire team hitting, you know, 150 plus strike rate 50s over and over again throughout the, the match. Like, um, I, I just would want there to be a, a, a change in the trend towards the T20 style of cricket in other formats, specifically one day. I mean, while that there's elements of that, I don't necessarily think it's as pronounced as we may make it out to be, right? Even in 2011, so many, like, take the best example I can think of is, is Verander Sewal. Yes, he's an opener, and yeah, he's been flashy, but guys like him, and even before that, Jaisuria, Kalavitarana, Marwan Artapatu, defining the game as being kind of flashy in the opening and then settling later. I still think there's elements of that today. And at 2019, like, this past World Cup was not that high scoring overall. The, the big games, the semifinals and the finals, were not high scoring by any means. And so I think that, yeah, there's definitely this trend. You know, obviously you can't deny that there's this trend moving towards faster runs or anything like that. But it's not, I don't think it's glaringly new. I think even in 1996 when Sri Lanka won, there was, that's when it really started. And that's kind of been steadily the case. And you can even argue that with the past couple of years that's gone down. But um, yeah, I think that we, we are, like, regardless, I don't think ODI is moving enough in that direction that, you know, we need to worry about it. But I definitely think that it, I like watch, I agree with you in that I like watching that kind of, having that steady, you know, Kumar Sangakara, Jonathan Trot type, very stabilizing role to, to take the innings through. And that's why I, I feel really, like, I, when, I feel really, I don't know, excited when players like Algar, Dean Algar, Pujara, Azhar Ali, who are so focused now on just test batting, um, that they only play counties. They, they don't really play too much. Um, I don't think they're, re- they're even in contention for the ODIs anymore. Um, it's just, and, and the, the other cool thing um, about those specialist number three positions in tests is that they've displaced like better batsmen for, for the most important, like potentially most important um, spots in a test team. So Steve Smith, Kohli, they don't play one down. Um, I don't know why. It's, it's quite... In, it's it's been intriguing, but there 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 are still you know bastions of test batting who are you know still kicking strong and and I I, I personally really enjoy it when, when when they play well because it's 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 getting a reward for for for, for the long like for for the belief that they still have in like a dying form of the game. That's true. But, like, I have a question, though. Like, when was the last time you guys saw, like, okay, minus the World Cup final, obviously. 
Like, have you guys seen more close T20I games in the last few years or more close ODI games? Because at the end of the day, like everyone, everyone enjoys watching the games that come down, go down to the wire. They love, everyone enjoys watching games that go down to the final over. They are close matches. But then, like if you take out like the hundred overs and the forty overs, like there's the discrepancy between the overs and the two formats. Like if it goes down to one or two overs, would you feel more fulfilled after watching one hundred overs of an ODI going down to the wire or forty overs of a T20 going down to the wire? I think the expectation is that the 40 overs go um, to the wire more often simply because by yeah. chance. But so I guess in that sense, yeah, it, it's more satisfying to watch a, a 50 over match go down to the wire because it's like you have a hundred overs to, to eliminate that chance that you're deciding this game in one or two overs. And I get the impression that, Oh, you know, you've just wasted 98 of those overs and now you're just going to, you know, I, I didn't have to watch all that, but I think the beauty of one day cricket, just like the beauty of test day cricket is, you know, the, the, we're not watching the game to watch the decision of the game. We're watching because we enjoy watching these players physically play, right? So, it, I mean, the result, I think, is, is important for us as fans. But for us as followers of the sport, I think that um, just watching the process of the game pan out is much more satisfying in a 50-over game than a 20-over game, for me at least.